0: Brand story, lead generation, lead conversion, and lifetime value optimization. That's it. Nail these four and you're set for life. The average CEO reads 60 books per year. And many attribute their success to this habit of constant learning. This is the difference between those who actualize and those who fail. This automization of their learning. This 1% better every day. On the MentorBox podcast, we're making it easy for you to build and maintain that same habit. The same type of constant, lifelong learning as those CEOs. Simply by listening to this podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen, and tune in for new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and every Friday. And if you want to dig deeper into what our incredible guests teach, make sure to go to mentorbox.com and become a member today. Hello, and welcome to this edition of MentorBox. I'm your host, Jonathan Kendall, and today we'll be discussing the entire architecture of business. Cool? Cool. Just yesterday, MentorBox had one of our Mastermind Roundtable events in San Francisco, and one of our attendees said out loud that he learned more in the one day with us than he did while getting his MBA. And that, my friends, is not out of the ordinary. Partly, I hope it's because what we teach you at MentorBox is useful, but mostly it's because traditional proper business school is so antiquated and theoretical, which by the way, is not a disparagement of business school in particular. It's not your fault because in fact, what I really mean is that the whole higher education system is flawed. So B-School, I promise it's not you, it's me. But anyways, my point is that economic theory, graphs, and charts Futures and predictions, mixers and societies, fancy video conferencing, and beautiful glass-walled buildings from donors. That's all well and good. But the truth is that most of it is noise. At least if you want to be an entrepreneur. Now, sure, if you want to run the central bank or make economic policy for the European Union, macro it up. Please do. But if you want to start a company or scale your company, like yesterday for example. There are only four factors you need to pay attention to and four exclusively. These are your north stars. These four and these four alone are your why and your how and your what answers to every business question you will ever have. So what are they? One, brand story. Two, lead generation. Three, lead conversion. And four, lifetime value optimization. Got that? Brand story, lead generation, lead conversion, and lifetime value optimization. That's it. Nail these four and you're set for life. If you're still confused, let me break it down to the more fundamental units. Basically, here's what I'm saying. In order to have a company, in order to start or run a successful business, you must necessarily have a value that you give to individuals. And in exchange for that giving of value, each individual repays you by giving you some money. Simple, right? I make you a chocolate shake, you give me money. I make the glass that the chocolate shake is put in, the restaurant gives me money. I harvest the cacao beans that are sold to the chocolate factory that are shipped to the ice cream manufacturer. I cut down trees and sell them to a factory that turns those trees into cardboard, which is sold to the ice cream carton manufacturer, which is, you see where this is going. (laughs) Side note, the fact that you can get a milkshake for 99 cents from anywhere is a miracle of capitalism. So unlikely and complicated, it may just be worthy of our time to take a step back for a second and share a bit of appreciation for, well, capitalism. Okay? Yes, the macro complexity of, well, everything is beautifully, insanely unlikely. Which is why business school is both intricate and useless but anyways my point is that money and commerce and business it's all just an exchange of value i specialize in some specific task some specific skill and you in turn give me money for it simple as that so then on a micro me or micro you have a business level the process is super simple i do something for you this makes you happy so you give me money Wash, rinse, repeat, voila, we have a business. We have an economy. Scale this down to me helping you move some rocks from one part of your farm to another part of your farm, or scale it up to making the magic AI god machine that is an iPhone, no matter, it's the same process. But how do we break this exchange into its basic components? Well, first we have to know what our specific value-giving machine is what do I do for you? What do I make for you? And how is it unique? That's brand. Then the next step is advertising. How do you even know that I exist? How do I give you my pitch? How do I tell everyone about my special skill or value giving machine? Lead generation. Let's say I have my specific product and I've told everyone about it. What's the next step? I need to convince you to actually write the check or pull out your wallet. This is lead conversion. This is the stage of choice. Then finally, once I've given you value, how do I continue to give you more and more and more value? How do I build customer loyalty? How do I apply the 80-20 Pareto principle to my company, meaning that 80% of my revenue comes from 20% of my customers? This is lifetime value optimization. Hence, the four pillars of any business, brand, lead generation, lead conversion, and lifetime value optimization. Or in another vernacular, product, advertising, sales, and customer loyalty. These are your four, water, oxygen, food, and shelter. Hold them up to your heart, look at them close, analyze them, see where you're doing well, and fix your problem areas, and you're basically set. So let's go through them one by one. Step one, brand. What do I do in a specific way that will give you value? What is my unique value proposition? You on your hero's journey, trying to be happy and safe and fed and kind and useful and generally not frustrated. Me, your guide along the way. Hey, here's a hammer. You may need this hardware store. Oh, looks like you could use a sandwich. I got one for you right over here. Restaurant. Need some advice? Check out this book I wrote. Author. Feel a little uncomfortable holding so much cash? Well, I've got this vault over here you can use. I'll keep your money safe. Bank, et cetera, et cetera. So the question that you need to ask when starting or scaling your business, the only question you need to ask with regards to brand is this one, what do I do for people that is worth them giving me money for? And then amongst the other people in the world who have the same specialty, how do I do it even better? How do I do it differently? Since I'm a florist, what makes me better than all the other florists? That is the question. And its answer is both your product and your marketing angle. It's both your brand and your culture, your sales copy and your style. This answer will inform the rest of your company from the very start. So as an example, let's take someone who is really great at sewing. My mother comes to mind. Everyone's always asking her to cover old pillows because she can make these beautiful covers for not too much. Side note, I think she's selling herself short, but We'll get to that later when it comes to price. Chris Guillebeau, New York Times bestseller, author of The Side Hustle and the $100 Startup, references this. What do people ask you to do for them? That's a good question to answer. It may very well be the start to your business or the trigger that focuses your marketing in order to scale when you already have. For my mom, if she wanted to start a business since she already has a growing base of people who know her for her pillow-making abilities, this is a good start. But for you, what's that skill? What's that thing you do better than everyone else? What's your unique value proposition? Because everyone and every business has a unique value proposition. Quicken Loans is, well, fast. Rocket Mortgage from the same company, also fast. Notice they didn't say the fanciest or best customer service or lowest rates or personalized, just fast. Same with Rolls-Royce. They aren't selling you the safest, cheapest, most family-friendly or the most powerful car. They're selling you the highest class, luxury vehicle, status, rank. And so they double down on that brand. They double down on what they can offer, specifically that no other car manufacturer can offer, at least not to that level. And so too, you need to articulate to yourself what you do better or more differently than anyone else in your space. That, my friends, is your business. Then once you have that figured out, you have to understand where your business's problem point is. which. Seems obvious. You need to figure out what the problem is before you can solve it. But, crazily enough, I've consulted with dozens of high-level business professionals, business owners, and entrepreneurs who, for some reason, have absolutely no sense for what's wrong with their company, don't know where to start, are overwhelmed with so many fixes and tips and tricks and solutions, when most of the time, if they just took one step back and looked at the architecture of their businesses and broke them down to the four pillars the problem would become neon obvious. So if that's you, if you're not sure where to start, let me break it down. After you have your brand, your unique value proposition, the thing you can do differently, the product you can create that is unique, once you have that, there's only three levers you have to pull in order to turn that value-giving machine into an empire. First, you have to get people to come to your store. You have to tell the world that you have something to offer. You need to, in a word, advertise. This can be as simple as a sign out front of your store and as complicated as bidding on Google AdWords searches, which is, by the way, not actually that complicated. But so what else? There's television billboards, newspapers, the little banner ads you see on every website. There's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, the aforementioned Google. There's phone sales, cold calling, knocking on doors, and interrupting passerbyers in the street. There's magazines and handing out flyers. There's radio and podcasts. Hell, there's naming entire sports arenas in your honor. Oracle Arena, Little Caesar Stadium brought to you by Coca-Cola, the progressive insurance, halftime report, et cetera, et cetera. The point is that your goal, regardless of how big you are, is to get the word out. To begin, you'll want to focus on ROI positive advertising, meaning return on your investment advertising, meaning if I spend a dollar, I get more than a dollar back that very same day. Eventually, you can paint the town red with Coca-Cola everywhere, maintaining your brand, basically brainwashing the entire population into thinking of your company first before any other company in your market. But that's for later down the line. To begin, you may have to run a few thousand people to your landing page by boosting a Facebook post, or you may have to call every restaurant in the greater Chicago area, or you may have to personally introduce yourself to every wedding planner on the planet. Whatever it takes, depending on your budget, you absolutely 100% need to advertise. This is the engine of your machine. It is the top of the funnel. In order for money to spit out the other side, you need a pipeline of potential customers to shove into your machine. Without this constant flow, you're sunk. Next, you need to convert those potential customers into actual customers. This is where people put their money where their mouth is. This is, well, sales people come into your cafe. Do they buy a coffee or not? People walk into your store. Are they just browsing or do they pull out their checkbook? People come to your website. Do they add to cart? Do they put in their credit card or do they get distracted and click off for the next cat video? This conversion from potential customer to actual customer is called lead conversion and it's well Obviously important. It's the difference between a successful business and an unsuccessful business. It's cash flow, it's investment opportunity, it's hiring or letting staff go. It is quite literally the lifeblood of your entire organization. To keep with my mom as an example, let's imagine she put up a website that had 10 visitors a day, of which four actually called her to set up an appointment for a custom pillow order. What percentage of those four? become customers. This is the third part of business, and it requires a bit of aggression or persuasion in the least, which some business owners naturally are not very good at. But it's so important that this is one of those comfort zones that you must find the courage to address. And then finally, of those customers who do buy your product or service, how many of them come back for more? How many become lifelong customers? regulars, rabid fans. Seth Godin says you only need 1,000 true fans to have a proper business, and I couldn't agree with him more. Now granted, in order to build a large business, obviously you need more than 100 customers depending upon your price point, but that basic theory stands. The Pareto Principle states that 20% of your customers will amount to 80% of your total revenue. So you must ask yourself first, what is the current lifetime value of one of my average customers? And secondly, what else could I do for my customers that would increase that lifetime value? For MentorBox, as an example, our core product is $7 a month. And yet we also have marketing clients that pay us $25,000 per month for services. And we have $50,000 diamond mastermind event packages for our most successful students. So what is your $50,000 product? What is your, would you like fries with that? What is your, buy two, get 30% off special. What is your most people who buy this baseball bat also buy these baseball cleats? What is your next time get a free dessert? Answering these questions ahead of time, setting yourself up for loyalty from the very start can and most likely will determine whether your company or business is successful or not. Yes, of course, you must at base have a good product or service. But some of the time, even when companies have great products or services, because they're so bad at giving more value to their customers, they literally throw money in the trash. So don't be like those companies be instead like Apple, probably the greatest lifetime value optimizing company on the planet. You think you're buying an iPhone, but really you're learning their OS which will prompt you to buy an Apple computer, which will entice you to use iTunes, which will prompt you to use their app store, which will result in you buying the iWatch or some adapter to their enclosed system, and on and on and on. They may even, and probably do, lose money on that first iPhone you bought. But that doesn't matter because over the course of your lifetime, they will more than make up for any marketing costs incurred in converting you. Target does this as well. Charles Duhigg in the power of habit speaks to this, namely that Target loses money on all diaper purchases. And they're okay with this because if they can get you to buy diapers, they'll get you for the next 30 years. Bam. Lifetime value optimization. And so If you combine these four elements of business successfully, if you pay attention to your unique value proposition, if you constantly put new potential customers into your pipeline, you convert those potential customers into actual customers and then you build brand loyalty by offering them more and more services and products throughout their lives, you have a value giving machine. Easy, right? In future episodes, I'll dive in even deeper to each, though for today, at least you now understand the architecture of any boots-on-the-ground business. Because honestly, all the noise you hear about macroeconomic theory, this or that, is a detriment. Ignore it. If you're starting a business, ask yourself these questions. What can I do differently than everyone else? Then, how can I tell people about what I can do? Then how can I convince them to give me money for it? And then finally, how can I get them to come back for more? These are your questions. Answer them on a napkin even. And you don't need no stinking business plan. You've already got your business or let's say you already have a working business. Then what? Well, then what you should do is set yourself up for an audit. Are you focusing on what you do best or are you diluting your specific skill set because you're trying to be everything all at once? Remember, stay focused on what you're good at. Then ask yourself Am I putting my services or product in front of enough people? Do I have a lead generation problem? If yes, advertise more. If no, if you have a ton of leads except no one's buying, then ask yourself the next question. Am I having trouble converting those leads to sales? What's your process? Is your website too complicated? Should it be more of a sales funnel? Are your people put off by your prices? Or maybe the opposite, maybe everyone is buying. Should you increase your prices? Are you selling yourself short? And then finally, the fourth pillar, how many of your customers are returning? What are your processes for turning them into recurring customers? Could you have a subscription? What is your follow-up email sequence? Do you have one? If not, you probably should. No, actually, let me be blunt here. You must have a follow-up email sequence, a follow-up call process, a CRM, a way of filtering out and finding out those customers who will almost single-handedly fund the growth of your company. So where are you lacking? focus of brand? Not enough leads? Can't convert the leads? Or is it a lack of loyalty? Find the problem first. Find your kryptonite. Find the hole. And then, and only then, will you be able to fill it. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to the MentorBox Podcast. If you want to learn more about what our authors as well as all of our authors teach, make sure to sign up at MentorBox.com. And if you like the MentorBox Podcast, please leave us a positive rating and review in Apple Podcasts as that helps us get discovered by more people who will enjoy and be helped by what we do over here at MentorBox. Also, if you think of anyone who would enjoy or be helped by what we do here at MentorBox, be sure to let them know. We do what we do at MentorBox to try to make the world a better place through the incredible education our authors bring. And we can only do that through your help. So please help us spread the word. Again, thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the next MentorBox podcast.